It's time for another season of The Palmetto Porch, an original podcast from Discover South Carolina. I'm Devin Whitmire. Join me as I get to the heart of what makes South Carolina such a great place to visit by speaking to the locals who make it so special. Premiering December 5th, find The Palmetto Porch wherever you get your podcasts. And for more information about our show, visit scpalmettoporch.com. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Hello there, Internet Wanderers. Welcome to Real Psych. I am Dr. J.D. Barton. I am a licensed clinical psychologist. And I am Dr. Joanna Witkin, and I'm a cognitive neuroscientist. Real Psych is a podcast where we give our completely unnecessary professional opinions on the lives, minds, and relationships in all your favorite movies. Will there be learning? Yes. Will there be science? Yep. Will there be delightfully informal conceptualizations about the minds of non-real people from two best friends who would be talking about this anyways? Heck yeah. Real Psych is our podcast and you are listening to it. Welcome. (laughs) Hello, hello. How's it going? Joanna, I'm so excited to be here. Uh, We've been trying to do this for a hundred years or like two. Yeah, definitely more closer to two, but... I feel like I'm having a giggle fit because I'm so excited. I know. And we, we're just, it's hard I mean, for us to, to get on this and not just already get into it and start talking I know, about the things. Like we had to stop ourselves several times. Be like, <laughs> save it. Save it for the pod. Freeze. Freeze. <laughs> Always be recording. Uh, so welcome, everybody. Thank you so much for listening. If you are listening to this, you're either a friend of ours or you're trusting a friend of ours to come That's, on, most yeah. likely. Yep. We're so excited to be here. Uh, yeah. So... Who are we, Joanna? How do we know each other? Uh, that is a 34-year-old question that I've been <laughs> asking myself. <laughs> well, so we'll save Joanna's therapy for yeah. later on in the pod. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <who are> we? <laughs> Tune in. Tune in. So I'm a clinical psychologist, uh, and I met Joanna in graduate school. Yep. What is your specialization, Joanna? So I am a cognitive neuroscientist by training. Uh, now I am a UX researcher, so I have kind of sold out for industry, and it's fabulous, honestly. Uh, but Living yeah, we met in grad school. We just had a great time. Like, yeah. Besides doing work, like hanging out with you was the good time. Yeah, I agree. Um, the doing work was not my favorite. Yeah. Uh, I'm sure as we listen to more of this podcast, as, as you all come along this journey with us, you'll hear more and more about uh, our relationship <laughs> and our trauma about uh, graduate school. So if you're a grad yep. student listening... Uh, you you get it. Grad school, it might not get better, but it will get over. And that's a really nice... <laughs> that's the best part. That's the best part. Yeah, is it the will over get, part. It will get done. Yeah. Yeah, so we, for years, have been talking about doing this because we are obsessed with pop culture. Yep. We are obsessed with comedy and TV and movies and all of those things. And so we kind of just 
thought, why not put this together as something where we actually talk about brains? I famously came up with the idea to do this. <laughs> yeah, I stole the credit last time. No, uh, Joanna fully <laughs> uh, came up with this idea and I've just been along for the ride. And we're so excited to bring this to you all. So what we're going to do week to week is present a movie. You all can see it in the menu options. It's all in the title of every episode. And we're going to each week talk about what the hell is going on in the brains, minds, hearts, bodies of people. Dig into it. Get in there. Rummage around. Yeah. Stuff that we do anyway. (laughs) Stuff that we do anyway. And some of these will be really deeply informed, hopefully, by some of our specializations and our knowledge base. (laughs) And some of these will be really under-informed in a way that hopefully feels at least fun and shorthandy and and interesting for you all to listen to. Yeah. What are we going to do for our first week, Joanna? What movie? Yeah, what's for today? Okay, we are doing Runaway Bride because it is the iconic Julia Roberts-Richard Gere joint that everyone thinks about when they think about Julia Roberts and Richard Gere. Yeah, they I, did they ever do anything else together? No, I mean, famously, no. Famously, so. this is the one time. People wondered, will this work? Yeah. So they so, put them together in Runaway Bride. 1999, great year. I will say, not to like jump ahead, but the music in this film... <laughs> amazing <laughs> every choice perfect it's true it's true so what is your history what's your relationship to this movie i saw this movie in theaters with my mom when i was like 12 years old i think that was the rules uh, yep that was the rules because it's oh no it's pg <laughs> so yeah i could have gone by myself but uh anyways <laughs> uh <laughs> very independent 12 year old yeah I think that was the first year I went to the movies by myself, though. But it was, like, Toy Story 2 or something, and it was a big deal. It was, like, a big deal. And then you left just devastated. You haven't gone to a movie alone since. That is... Exactly. When when somebody loved me, devastating. That's Joan Cusack. <laughs> what? Joan Cusack plays uh, in Toy Story 2. She's in that. Yes. And she's in this. Yeah, yeah, Tie-in. Ev- everyone's in this. Everyone is in this. I mean, I was actually thinking this. The casting in this movie is kind of incredible. You've got your Julia Robertses, your Joan Cusacks, your Christopher Maloney's, your Richard Gears. Your Laurie Metcalfs. Your Laurie Metcalfs. You got, like, side characters from the Princess Diaries. Who? So, Hector Elizondo is the driver. The nerve of you thinking of him as side character from Princess Diaries. I know, he's a big deal. I'm thinking of Pretty Woman. I know, Oh, is he? Yeah. Oh. He's the guy who sells. <laughs> so maybe he's just like he, best he, friends. He's the uh, like concierge dude at the hotel who helps her. He brings her to Bloomingdale's with the money. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Okay. He's great. Rita um, Wilson. Uh, yes. But there's also this other character that I'm not sure what her name is, but she plays the cousin, like the other bridesmaid. Oh, she's yes. definitely in the Princess Diaries as like the aide. Yes, to she is. To the Julie queen. Andrews. Yes, yes. you're right. So you are that's, right. It was a lot of princess. Joanna, when you're right, you're right. And you know what? <laughs> you're right. I did it. So what we're going to do each week, we're going to talk a little bit about what we think about this movie going into it. Then we're going to take a little bit of a commercial break for all of our millions of sponsors. Oh this gosh, is just yeah. such a deeply monetized podcast at this point. I mean, we're mm-hmm. episode one and I'm set for life. Yep. Financially. Yeah. Uh, so we're going to take a little bit of a break and then let's come back and let's get into the brains 
of these trash people. <laughs> no, they're beautiful spirits. They're beautiful spirits. All right, well, we will see you in just a few. Just a minute. Oh my gosh. So I've, I, this is a movie that I've loved for a long time. Mm-hmm. And wow, I will is say, it so much better when you are not thinking about the brains of these people? Yeah, I will say that um, I did love this movie when, like, in the nostalgia, loved. like, you know, dripping parts of my memories and was like, oh my God, such a cute. Julie Roberts movie. She has sneakers on. It's like all fun. She's so charming. And then <laughs> she's so watchable. She is such a gift well, as an actor. Oh my gosh! Yeah, without question. I'm obsessed. Even Richard Gere. I'm like, all right, this is. You guys know what you're doing, right? As like a, they got chemistry. But like, I watched this movie and was like, all right, all right, all right, and then was like, what the hell? What the hell? <laughs> what, the hell? what the hell is happening this in Runaway Bride? This movie is kind of batshit crazy. This movie is batshit crazy. First of all, the very first moment that you realize this movie is batshit crazy is the first thing that happens. Well, other than I still haven't found what I'm looking for playing while Julia Roberts <laughs> runs away from a wedding. But is that you are, we are all supposed to jump in to New York City and believe Richard Gere as a reporter for the USA Today, who is a household name famous, where everybody on the streets of New York is wondering, what is this guy gonna say in USA Today? I wonder if that was ever a thing. Like, are we just like forgetting print journalism? Like, were there, was there, cause like, think about like Carrie Bradshaw, like this was the profession of rom-coms for like the 90s and early aughts. Carrie Bradshaw is known by few this is the guy where everybody across the country is saying, oh, yeah, that Ike Graham, <laughs> yada, yada, yada. Like, there has never been a time. The, uh, like, I can't think of any time, at least not in 1999. Yeah, for sure. We were sentient beings. Right. I was one. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't mean to laugh that one, hard. One year older than you. Yeah. Uh, no, I, I truly, like, this was not a real thing. This yeah. is not a possible real thing. No. I mean, yeah, just that that's like the smallest piece of suspending disbelief in this movie. I, I will say. But it say. is still but when still you point it out, thing. you're like, "What the hell?" Yeah. Yeah. People hit him on the street because they think he's a total misogynist. I mean, cuz he is. Oh, you noticed that. <laughs> like I literally, literally in my notes, I have written down incel question mark incel question mark yes he hates women hates. yes hates women mm -hmm. it's and and so okay at the end of this movie i was like who wrote this because i know it's gary women. women wrote this two women two women because i saw gary <laughs> marshall directed thing? it and i was like well, of course i need to know who wrote that i just yeah i was really floored by that i was blown away it was it's two women who first of all lovely charming fun script I was shocked. However, maybe we're, we need to really understand all of the ways in which this w these women were able to write a very intense narrative of two deeply flawed I, people who deserve each other. I don't even know where to start because there's just so much. 
I mean, here's the thing. Well, I think, I I have a feeling, so I think maybe I should do mine yes, first. Yes, go, go for it. Because mine is going to start, and I have a feeling it's going to lead, lead into yours nicely. So, I got to say, I watched this thinking... I was going to have all sorts of things to say about Julia Roberts. I was going to have all sorts of things to say about Maggie, and that's Julia Roberts' character, mm-hmm. and her need to flee, her need to whatever. Nope. Richard Gere <laughs> is the star of my feedback for this. Oh, well, that's great, because I, I, I focused on Maggie. Great. So I watched this and was like, I really thought this was going to be like, am I writing about her, you know, avoidant personality disorder? Is this like, is this splitting? Is this a, a, you know, a feature of a borderline personality? And I got to say, I went to the source, Joanna. (laughs) I, I pulled my information from Sigmund Freud's on narcissism and introduction this is so i saw this and i was like this man is not just a narcissist this man is a megalomaniac this man (laughs) is so deeply obsessed with his own power his own ego this man gets fired from his job for bad journalism for libel and he's like surprised lies yeah about this woman that he has never met. He did zero research. Right. He had one source. And then while writing out his diatribe about the archetypes of women. I wrote them all down, by the way. Please. please are they coming up later? No. The, oh, okay, great. The mother, the virgin, the, mother. the whore, the crone, the cheerleader, the co-ed, and the man-eater. And that's where we hear man-eater and real on the nose, uh, you know, musical choices so and every going single, to Right. So every single one of those is either about a woman's sexual appeal or the ways in which she inter- interacts with men. Yep. The, none of those archetypes of women exist without a male counterpoint. 100%. It just doesn't exist, right? So he, and then names her as the man eater. Yeah. Which is incredibly irresponsible journalism. He pub- and, and then he publishes things that he didn't fact check. Right. Anything. Well, so that's why I was like, how job. is this person having a job up until this point when this is literally, Correct. and this, they even say it in the movie, this is like journalism 101. Celia Ward says it right at the beginning. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Where, yeah, the, yeah. So he's a nightmare. Yeah. He then loses his job. He goes to this woman's town and stalks her. Yep. And harasses her, convinced that he, so convinced that his one conversation about this woman from a drunk, spurned ex-boyfriend is enough that he knows her. It is the most egotistical, unbelievable thing. He is harassing her. Like, there is no way to watch this in 2021, 2022 now, when this episode comes out, in 2022 and see anything other than True harassment. He comes in, he makes friends with the people in her community only to use this information against her. It is vengeful. It is spiteful. It is petty. This is, y'all want a buzzword narcissist? Look at this guy. Yeah. Because this is, I mean, even later on when he's talking about what happened with his ex-wife and he says, you know, I don't really know. And he has to ask Rita Wilson 
what happened? And he says, did I not see you? And she says, yeah, you never saw me. He literally, not only did his marriage end because he didn't even see his wife, he didn't even think to ask why his marriage ended. Yeah. And then he, when he did ask her, he still answered his own question. Yes. Like he didn't even let her, even in that moment, have a voice. Yes. And then they had like so, a weird almost making out thing that I was like, what? And then like Hector I, Elizondo was like, this is fine. Uh, no, he did a slightly like racist uh, Confucius joke. Oh, did he? Oh, because they were looking at fortune cookies right, at the time. Right, 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 right. Um, it was not great. Uh, so this, this tome that I chose to read from is actually uh, from three authors who wrote an entire book about this one essay that Freud wrote on narcissism uh, called On Narcissism, colon, an introduction. So this is, I'm, I'm pulling things from both Freud and then from uh, Sandler, Person, and Fonagy's book, which we'll, we'll put the citation in the bio, or the bio in the info for this episode. So if y'all wanna, wanna go in, if you wanna dig deep, uh, you are welcome to do so. Uh, but for today, I'm pulling this first, I had to pull a straight up quote because it's so now and it's so real and it's so this movie. So first quote, the growing interest in narcissism has found its way into popular culture with the term being used in a pejorative sense to denote self preoccupation and to describe certain aspects of contemporary life. Though this is quite different from what clinicians mean when they use this term. However, the contemporary interest may be there, the first inkling and importance is to understand the pathology in everyday life, in their love lives, and in normal development that Freud talks about in his seminal essay Mm -hmm. from 1914. So what we're really looking at here is the ways in which, yep, narcissism is a buzzword. Guess what? When this was first published in 1991, it was a buzzword then. Mm -hmm. People like to use this word. They use it a lot. Uh, It's a nice, it's a nice sort of shorthand. The the implications of somebody who's self-involved are different from somebody who is so self-involved it is crippling their love life, their relationships, their work life, et cetera. So that's kind of all that this is really focusing on. But to jump into uh, what Freud really said is essentially he posited that men and women have different sort of typical love objects, right? Mm -hmm. And so that men typically will have what's what's called a narcissistic love object. So in this way, men often seek out a love that is going to be a reproduction of their own narcissism that they learned from their family. So the, the man tends to love a woman who either feeds him or he'll find a man as a, as a friend or a peer, uh, since uh, queer people don't really exist in the ways that they should in this literature. Uh, so a woman who feeds him or a man who protects him. And seeking Maggie, who has never been able to stay with a man, mm-hmm. is kind of the ultimate narcissistic pursuit, right? Yeah. He is like, wait a minute, if you fall in love with me, holy shit, I'm the best. Not only am I the best, I'm also weirdly right, but also not right, and in a way that seems very endearing and cool, because look at the way that I've learned. Right? So he's Uh, got this win-win. He either gets her, or he's right about her. Right. Right? It's this deep narcissistic pursuit where he's so manipulative in this whole thing. So then, when she leaves him, 
at the altar, he does not speak to her again. He goes back to New York. He does not follow up. And it is on her to do all of this work on herself to figure out who she is. And how does she get him back, Joanna? She proposes. With? His quote. His own words. His own words. His own words. His own words. That is how she gets him to love. She's like, here is your view of love. Let me reflect this back to you in a way that is just, it's so, it's so bad. It's, it's so bad. Yeah, I mean, I think too, like when at the luau, when he like is like, this is who you are and this is what you want. You want this and none of the other guys like know what you want, but I do. And I'm just like... What are you, how long could these relationships been with these other men? And she's, no, she's known Richard Gere for 20 minutes. I mean, they literally kiss and get engaged. I can't, I can't. I can't even start there. Like, I can't. <laughs> That's the moment. No, 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 no. I can't they even. kiss. She's just, just left her fiancé no, no, no. moments ago. No, They kissed, and then she leaves her fiancé because they kiss in front of her fiancé. Yes. Who's During like, the rehearsal. Yes, who's literally like, um, what's going on here? And I, they forget that he exists. And They forget that he exists. Is Everyone's fine. And even Chris Maloney's like, well, okay, see you later. I'm just going to punch you in the face and then bye. The next time I see you, Richard Gere, I'm going to tell you I'm glad it's you. And I I'm going to show up at your wedding. I can't. Hunky-dory. I mean, he is not long single. He finds, he has... Love options immediately. City slicker, New York. Another city slicker. But I gotta say, like this, even the narcissism of kissing someone's fiance in front of them at their like that is such an a deeply nightmarishly entitled thing to do. I mean, yeah, he like barely apologizes. He barely apologizes. Sorry, I was really into her. My bad. Yeah. Uh, And then, rather than take even a moment afterwards, they kiss again, and he's like, "Well, you've got a dress." I can't, I can't even, like, I just, how did he think that that was going to go from someone who was so, like, you know, fear, like, so, like, fear-driven that they were like, actually, what if I just rush you into a marriage in two days with someone that you've known for a week and a half? Well, he seems to think pretty highly of his own thoughts, his own ability to, I mean, he published a, a newspaper article at the very last minute about a woman just, just libelously saying nightmarish like assaulting her character and felt like that was okay enough that then when he loses his job he decides she's the bad guy so i think he he's a pretty he's pretty well convinced of his own ability to thin slice as malcolm gladwell would say these snap (laughs) blink judgments um yeah so going into all of this then he gets with her in in this the shallowest of ways right Mm that he knows she's hot Although he insults her, I know in his like little every, board, his obsession board, in his obsession board, and yeah, and so I, I think that the, the takeaway for me, mm-hmm. and I'm curious if y'all are listening to this, like, what are your thoughts? Give some comments in here because truly, what I, this, yeah. so so for me, I, I will really end mainly in just saying like, dang, Freud would have clocked him. Uh, I promise I will not mainly be re- like referring to to Freud. He is not. I'm not a, a dynamic 
psychologist. I'm not an analyst. I, I'm hoping that there are some analysts listening to this that are going to have thoughts, comments. Maybe in the future we'll bring you on and you can give your thoughts on, on your two cents. But, but like when he's right, he's right. When he's right, he's right. Yeah. Uh, he's the the white father of psychology. <laughs> and um, in that sense, we'll acknowledge that he was foundational. But yeah, I mean, this, this is just, I mean, it really, I, I did not expect it to go this way. Um, but yeah, I, and then they get together and they're married. And of course, the whole world is celebrating. Thank God this woman isn't single anymore. Oh my God. Yeah. Yeah, thoughts, reactions, anything from from that for you, Joj? So thoughts on Richard Gere. I mean, I feel like I agree with everything you said. I think I was also just like caught up in the the time of it. You know what I mean? Like the time that it was created. So I feel like I didn't take it this far, although I should have. I am still learning. (laughs) I'm still, you know, like under... Take what this far? Like his bad behavior like I was like this is a bad dude and like he's got yeah like he's got self-obsessed like he thinks he's right about everything it's harassment I mean he's harassing her he's like completely yeah like full of himself and thinks that he's right about everything but like I didn't take it to the level that you did which I think you're absolutely right but yeah I mean that's kind of the fun about this podcast is we can really just dig in on a single theory and it's only the two of us to argue yeah I mean I think it's funny too though because I was kind of I mean I was focusing on Maggie and I was really like yeah. into her story and I was kind right. of like Richard like I just wasn't considering him I was just thinking of like who the fuck does this guy think he is basically was just my vibe about yes. him and he thinks he's hot shit yeah and also fun little fact is in this movie uh in real life Julia Roberts was 32 in 1999 and Richard Gere was 50 so like no way yes so like and I know that this is, like, a thing in Hollywood, right? But I was just like, this is egregious. Like, I, you know, yeah. Wow. I mean, this is also just under, I think they filmed Pretty Woman in 89 or 90, mm-hmm. and it came out in 90 or 91. And so... Yes, she was, like, this is, early... Tw- like, she was 19. Yeah. Like, when she, when, or she was, like, 19 or 20 when they first filmed it. Yeah. yeah she was really young. And he was, like, 40. Yeah. Yikes. Anyways. I mean... Well, it, she was a sex worker and he was a wealthy businessman. I mean, yeah, I guess it tracks. In that it, sense, it's at the very least like a little more. Right. But this is like, I don't know. I, yeah. I was just thinking about Maggie. So I feel like, I don't know, we can maybe move. Yeah. <laughs> we can Let's move jump on into to Maggie. Maggie. Um, I also feel like with Maggie, they really like the writers like tried to name as much about her as possible like of all her shit but like didn't put any of the pieces together but just were like let's let's like have every single character have thoughts about this woman let's not let this woman speak for herself at any point right but let's have everyone reflect like who she is back to her and you know put all of these clues right but like not tie anything together and so i feel like there's really I mean, there's, with her, there's real, like, obvious, you know, uh, her mother died, right? An yes. An unspecified amount of time ago, which I... As a child, As I a think child? Young. Okay. Because I wasn't sure... I think it was young. I wasn't sure, like, when it was, but her mother died, so there's, like, you know, abandonment issues, there's, you know, a lot of, like, 
fear of abandonment that I feel like she is carrying with her because her mother, you know, died. And then her dad turned into this kind of not super present, you know, he was not dealing with his grief. He's, you know, an alcoholic alcoholic that she has to take care of. So there's codependency there where she's literally like had to give up her career, her schooling to come back. Oh, right. She was in college. Yes. She was in college. That's what it was. They tell us because she had to come home from industrial design school. Yep. To take over his business and then take care of him who is like only like patronizing to her and like making fun of like all of her, you know, failures or whatever. And also at like the, the, um, the engagement party is like joking about how he, you know, wants her to like get married and like, you know, take my daughter, please basically. And it's like all of his behavior is suggesting that he needs her. And he is like, maybe whether he knows it or not, but like she is stuck in taking care of her dad. And yeah. He is honestly not really allowing her because he's not having any agency. He's like completely, you know, like reliant on her. And mm-hmm. even like like one of the quotes too uh that I wrote down just cuz I was just like this is how like a ban- like alone she is basically. Uh the dad is like good daughters let their fathers pass out when she's like trying to get him from the bar and it's just like like, even her helping him is, like, he, like, insults her, basically. You know, it's like, you're not a yeah. good daughter as you are dragging my body out of a bar because, like, I am an alcoholic and I can't yeah. process grief and I can't be emotionally present for you and I can't help you process your grief. I'm just out. But, you know, like, I just... So I just feel like there's there's this these abandonment and codependency issues. And I think that... Because I was trying to think about, like, why does she run, right? Obvi- big question. Why right. does she, why does she why run does she is run? kind of... It's the question. Right? The central theme. <laughs> so, but I feel like, honestly, it's it's like a little bit unclear to me because I feel like it could be several things. Like it could be... All right. It could be fear of abandonment in isolation, right? If she just doesn't want to like be with... She's just commitment phobic because she's mm-hmm. afraid that this marriage, when she makes it like permanent or, you know, legal will fall apart and she will be left alone, right? So that's like one part of it. The other one is codependency. She may feel responsible for her father and feel like she cannot leave him. If she gets married and moves out, she's leaving him alone. I know like her grandma's there or something, but like in, in that relationship is very like, you know, uh, troubled. Like it's a very toxic relationship between them and I feel like she probably doesn't even feel like she can leave her dad. They don't well, name it. I mean, I'm making assumptions. They don't name it, but they allude to like she is taking care of him. You know, she's and she's sacrificing what she wants. That's like the definition of codependency is like yeah. putting other people's needs before your own, which could be getting married and having like a well-adjusted life, having a career, right? And so I think it's like a combination of these things, but that's another thing. And then there was another part there, that sorry, well, where go ahead. she the the this balance between codependency and avoidance is such an interesting thing yeah. for her, right? Yeah. Because they're always saying like, oh, she can't even choose what kind of eggs she likes. Yeah. Oh, she can't even. So she's always making herself like herself like these guys. Well, yeah. But then not able to actually follow through. So it's a strange blend, right? Is she's yes. like not quite codependent enough, right? Right. And not quite anxious enough. 
so yeah, that that was like the other part that I don't know exactly how to name it, but it's like resistance to like knowing herself or advocating for herself, like this the eggs thing, right? Like, does she know who she is and know what she likes and knows what she wants, and she's just not showing it to people, like a fear of intimacy, you know? Or does she really just avoid even asking herself those questions? And honestly, the end of the film is supposed to be like, oh, she left him, right? But you forgive her. The audience forgives her because she took that time to figure out what kind of egg she likes, who she is. And now you're seeing, what, like a week and a half later? Oh, this well-adjusted, fully informed and self-aware person who's like... I think it's been a few months. Oh, really? Because she has her lamps in that design. Like, she has her lamps. A few months? Are you kidding? She's been doing some work. They show one one shot of her running. That means she's a jogger now. So she can turn yeah, in those running shoes. Yeah, she's channeling those feelings. <laughs> yeah. Pro- proactively. But anyways, like, again, even if it's a few months, that's not enough time to, like... I, sure. You know, like, and so sure. that part I was like, what is that about? Like, why is... Is it a fear of intimacy? Is it, like, she she's being avoidant? I mean, I guess it's the same kind of things that we've been talking about, right? Like, just why she would just adapt the personalities of the people that she's with and not let them know who she really is. Yeah, I mean, because she, she doesn't... Know. I mean, that's what that's she says the at the end. She didn't know. Does she not know? She or was. was she, like, hiding it? You know what I mean? I mean, the egg thing, but, like, she had her lamps. Also, like, she, like, you know, like, there are things yeah, about her that she On the she eggs knew. thing, it really blew my mind that at the end, they not all, they write it, where she actually says she hates all other eggs except for Eggs Benedict. Where I'm like, girl, you've been eating eggs for a long time. Yeah. You didn't like a single egg? Right. So what's Why? that? What's that? What? Order pancakes. Here, Okay, so here's another thing, though, about, like, codependency and mirroring parental, like, relationships in your romantic relationships, right? So do you think she was right. just, like, prioritizing what they liked? And knowing that, like, you know, accommodating them and just not even considering what she wanted. Do you think that could have been a factor? I think we're supposed to believe that she went in, she found these guys who knew who they were. And all of these guys did. Yeah. All these guys knew who they were. personalities. Richard Gere had a particularly inflated view of who he was. But the other guys seemed to know who they are. Mm -hmm. And she decided to pour herself into their... I guess confidence as much as she could really dig in on who they are, do it at a 10, including and up to getting engaged and planning a wedding with them. Yep. However, I think, I mean, I guess the, the thing that I must believe like mechanistically is she thinks that getting married to them will make it all like, that'll be the sign that it's all done. It's all clear. It's who she is. Mm -hmm. It's yada, yada, yada. Because she is such a smart and charming and beautiful woman, mm-hmm. people give her these opportunities to try on all these different things, and right. it sits well in her, which is probably a little an opportunity to talk about a halo effect maybe in a different day. But mm-hmm. this idea that she can do all these things well, therefore, is that the thing she wants to do, including dating these men and keeping these men happy? And so I think she thinks that the saying I do is going to mean it's all done. But as she walks up to say, I do, she knows it's not done. She knows right. she hasn't figured out who she is or what she wants, or at least how to name what she wants. Right. I, 
I guess. I feel like, too, there's, like, some prototype of, like, manic pixie dream girl-ness. Like, even... Yes. Um, What's-her-face, Joan Cusack. Like, because there's the whole thing with, like, Je- Julia Roberts, like, flirting with her husband, who she dated in high school. Yes. And I wrote down the quote because I was just like, I mean, this is such a prototype. And, I hear it. You know, and she's like... I feel like you're like, I'm charming and mysterious in a way that even I don't understand. And something about me is crying out for protection from a big man like you. Yes. Like that is, that is, that is a prototype, right? Yeah. And of course, and then she even tries to deny it. She says, no, 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 I'm weird. And Joan Cusick says, oh my no, God, yeah. I'm weird. Yeah. You're quirky. Right, right. <laughs> Which I, re- I, I remember that from childhood, hearing Joan Cusack say, I'm weird. You're quirky. I just, yeah, and the, the ways way she in which hit they the first weird, though, where women. she's like, you know, you're mysterious, and I'm weird. <laughs> Us married ladies are weird. And I'm like, I feel you on that. I'm not married, Us but I'm weird. Us character actresses. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, here's no, another. No, I think, I think. Sorry. Go ahead. Go for it. Okay, here's another thought that I had, or just, like, wanted to get your opinion on. I have no, like, formed thoughts on this. But, like, there was this whole part with the media coverage of her uh, or was it Hector Elizondo, I think, was talking. And it was like, she likes negative attention. And she's doing yes. all of this for attention. Attention, even negative, is still attention. Right. So what do you think about that? I mean, I think that is a nightmarish, like, man thing yeah. to say. Yeah. I, that anybody thinks that attention is somehow something that only bad people want. I mean, listen, how many people out there are obsessed with, like, knowing what their love language is? Guess what that means? The way you like to receive and give attention. <laughs> Everything is attention. Yeah. So it's such a it's such a deeply, like, underdeveloped, like, underwhelming view of, like, oh, she just wants the attention. Although, it's just saying that basically right. this, char- this woman only exists to torment men and that she will hurt men so that she has more attention, right. which I think is such an unfair thing. And to now said. that I'm thinking about it, no one knew this person existed until Richard Gere wrote about her, which was like after three like failed wedding attempts, right? Yeah, it was on her third. She was on her fourth. fourth. With Chris Maloney was the fourth guy. She was engaged to the fourth yeah. one. Which interestingly, timeline wise, this dude seems to be like the the bug guy was like currently drunk in a way that I thought he had just left his well, she ruins lives, you know. She ruins lives. Forever. She's a life ruiner. Yeah. Also, I would like somebody to propose to me with a ring and a chrysalis. Oh, my God. And a cocoon? Come on. Yeah. Come Doesn't on. Doesn't that seem wonderful? Amazing. That's so cute. That's my man. Anybody out there <laughs> who's an end of entomologist, please. I love bugs. I have so much bug art you in do. my house. You do. You really do. I have do. a lot and of bugs beautiful. in my house. And I Thank hate you. bugs, but your art is beautiful. Thank you. I have like real ass yeah. preserved bugs. Yeah, which again, I hate them like in real life, but the way that they're preserved and framed, yeah. really pretty. Yeah, this is beautiful. That's the thing is she really did. I mean, we don't know who the priest was before he was a priest. Donald Logue. We know who he is now. Donald Logue. <laughs> but we know who, we know the rocker dude. God, I do love Richard Gere's like, he's heartbroken. <laughs> I do love that bit. But um, we know the rocker dude is the rocker dude. Mm-hmm. He's going to be playing his guitar in his shot. Yeah. And like, you know, and all these weddings are so stylized. Oh, my God. They would have to be, right? Well, it's nobody, supposed to. Nobody's it's getting a, married at a country club. It's supposed to 
be a reflection of like it is only this guy's it is only wants. this guy's views i'm trying to make myself him right i don't know i think i think if if maggie were a real person i have a feeling we she would have a lot more insight yeah about what the issues are and i think her friends would have a lot more insight totally about what was going on. This is the thing about movies is like they can't go to therapy because they can't have insight because with insight, there's less drama. Yeah, although I will say this movie threw a lot of stuff out there. Like, like I felt like little pieces to pick up and like put together more than oh, like clear. other rom-coms, I feel like, you know? Yeah, well, because this one is about what is wrong with her brain? Yeah, Why can't she have true. boyfriends? Right. <laughs> like, husbands. Why can't she have husbands? Husbands. She's got Why a bunch she, of yeah. boyfriends. A bunch of boyfriends. More than I've ever had. <laughs> I haven't been engaged once, Joanna. Okay, well, we don't need to go there. <laughs> oh, fair. <laughs> Personal stories may come out one day on the podcast. Podcast. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah, she is... I mean, she's going through it. Although, okay, wait. I, Sorry. This also reminded me of... Um, do you watch Selling Sunset? I've seen a little okay, bit. Okay, like, I just finished it, and, like, the main villain in that show, Christine Quinn, is, said she was, like, engaged three times, and then she got, like, married the fourth time. Um, but I was thinking of her the whole time, because I was like, is she supposed to be, like, the runaway bride? <laughs> Do you think people are thinking about her like a runaway bride? Maybe. I mean, Paris Hilton was engaged many, many times, yeah, and also true. just got married, yeah. and... I'm so happy for her. <laughs> but like, but like we don't have, uh, well, I don't know. I think actually societally, I think people would view somebody like Paris Hilton as like flighty or uncertain That's or immature. True. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And she's all, like, the, a... uh, like jokes are made at her expense, like, you know, in the public eye. Yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah. Oh my God. And, but I mean, she's the ultimate remake. in knowing how to spin those. Oh my God. Remake with Paris, <laughs> Paris Hilton. <laughs> She's the ultimate, though, in knowing how to spin jokes about her in her favor in a way that sort of drives it back to her brand and makes her more money. Yeah. I mean, it's like her and Kim Kardashian is like, you know, that's their whole thing. Yeah, truly. She is a a smart, smart lady, smart businesswoman. I mean, yeah. And congratulations, Paris, if you're listening. (laughs) And I hope you are. uh, Truly. Big congratulations. Very happy for you. But yeah, I think that there are a few people who have these things. Maybe not runaway bride. I mean, the the leaving somebody at the altar is such a uncommon thing to actually get there. Most people just yeah, sort of like... Yeah, it's such a dramatic... I mean, it's just like for movies, right? Like, I don't... Relationships fall apart much earlier, I feel like. Yeah, I don't know if anybody... Life. In real life, who is straight up left? But I can at think of like fifteen movies or or like TV shows where that's happened. You know. I mean, that's the entire impetus of happy endings. Exactly, that's what that I was happened. thinking. One of the best shows like, ever. How I Met Your Mother that happens. Yeah. The Graduate. Well, this has been such a joy. Yeah, this is fun to dig into. Um, y'all, we are going to be uh, able to receive uh, your messages in one way or another. We do have at Real Psych on Instagram. And so if you want to reach out with comments or direct messages to us there, please follow us there um, and give us any of your feedback. We would love um, it. Also, we are a brand new podcast. So please like us, subscribe to us, review us wherever you do. And only give us five-star reviews because you could really, <laughs> really... Harsh, 
harsh our vibe by we giving us bad reviews. So much student <laughs> loan debt. This is basically philanthropic for you to just like it. <laughs> Tell a friend, please, yeah. if you thought we were interesting or funny, or if you didn't, give us a five-star review and send us direct feedback on Instagram. I would love and that. we will be happy. I feel like I'm very good grad school, again, teaching you how to receive and apply direct feedback. Yes, that's please. Whole, so that's yes. my jam. Like us, rate us, subscribe to us, leave a review that is positive, and then if you have less than positive, send it to our DMs. <laughs> I am Dr. J.D. Barton. And I am Dr. Joanna Witkin. And thank you for listening This has to been Real Psych. Real Psych! <laughs> <laughs> we'll see you soon. Bye. It's time for another season of The Palmetto Porch, an original podcast from Discover South Carolina. I'm Devin Whitmire. Join me as I get to the heart of what makes South Carolina such a great place to visit by speaking to the locals who make it so special. Premiering December 5th, find The Palmetto Porch wherever you get your podcasts. And for more information about our show, visit scpalmettoporch.com. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.